0: Normally this is the part where we break the fourth wall and have a joke about the intro at some point. This week, we've got nothing. Welcome to the end of the Church of Dre on Motorsport 101.
1: Woo-hoo! t You're to it, mate. Thank you, Norman. You are the world champion! That was That was exciting!
0: Welcome to the end of time, everybody. (laughs) We think this is probably going to be episode 241 of Motorsport 101. We still have a gaming episode in the works. It's in the back. Don't worry about it. We'll we'll, we'll worry about the order later. Keep it pegged on our social media. But uh, I am your sad, neighbourhood-friendly host, Mr Andre Harrison, who has now decided to put a nail for a baseball bat before coming down into the seat this morning. Um it it is a sad occasion and uh I don't know what we're going to do over the next hour, maybe hour and a half, maybe longer. But uh <laughs> we are we are we are we're going to get through this together, as a community, and as people. This is the part where we cut to the scene of like Bill Pullman in the in the president's speech and in Independence Day. No, but, we, uh, we can't reference that anymore. Bad thing happened. I know, I had that planned I had that planned until a certain Cheeto-in-Chief decided to copy it and put his own fucking face on it That was fucking hilarious And and, and you know what the craziest thing is? That's like not even in the top 20 of weirdest shit that man's done This week Yeah, precisely But here we are
2: Don't do this, this will kill you
0: Yes, don't, like don't do not inject bleach into your into your shoulder apparently. That's also a bad idea. But with me to get through this hard time, first and foremost is my uncle Ryan King. Hello, sir. Oh man.
3: Uh oh, it's it's so strange. Racing is back, but it's not back, but it's back, but it's not back.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're still trying to figure that bit out. It's really weird. We'll we'll We'll, we'll, we'll get to that later on in the show Trust me, it's it's a weird one But uh, yeah, we, we got some actual racing Not virtual stuff behind a, uh, a rig worth about five grand um, Actual racing More on that later uh, With me again is my other uncle, RJ O'Connell Hello, sir uh,
1: Good afternoon to you all um, I understand that during this critical time You may not be encouraged to buy thing but we'd like to let you know, during these uncertain times, now more than ever, you can buy product at the same price. We're, we're not going to pay our employees more.
0: Line go God up. Damn it. Don't care. But we can go out and have a round of applause about it every Thursday night. That's 8pm. Uh, <laughs> it's great.
1: Oh, not um, just that. We can also have flyovers, too. <laughs> oh, no! The, the, the flyover... These flyovers are totally going to be dropping, like, hazard paychecks and protective equipment from the sky, right? That's the <laughs> right. only reason why they're doing this, right?
0: <laughs> right? It's, it's about as good an investment as moving an NFL team to, to uh, Los Angeles. It's great. Um, and also, we have the man literally too angry to die... Cam buckley
2: i don't know whether to be angry or sad or
3: uh, i don't I,
2: know what to feel I,
3: I i think you're you have a very personal case that you shared with all of us in the surfer
0: before we started the recording oh
1: no <laughs>
2: I uh, um, King, if, if,
0: for... King, if, if you just set this man up for like an incredibly embarrassing situation right
2: here. <laughs> Look, I'm not the one who obliterated a very rare Repsol Fireblade. That was the guy who went to test ride it the day I contacted the seller. Not
0: just any <sighs> commemorative Fireblade. This was a Nikki Hayden Repsol Honda commemorative Fireblade from his World Championship in 2006. The meeting, which occurred very sadly, three years since his tragic passing to today, <laughs> And it it got binned.
2: Listen, kids, if you're going to go out and buy a leader bike, don't pin the throttle in second gear when you've never ridden something that powerful. You fucking but, clowns. Oh, <laughs>
0: but I want
2: something I can
1: grow into, Cam. <laughs>
0: If your idea of growing into a bike is a 175 horsepower Fireblade, then I can't help you, okay? Absolute
2: fucking stonks.
0: (laughs) Also, I have to fire one back at King after setting Cam up to fail on that one. King, whose favourite driver of yours has a birthday today?
3: Uh, uh, hey, re- pe- people don't know when this show is exactly recorded So I don't have to say anything <laughs> <laughs> It's May all right. who's Whose um, favorite
2: driver may be on the chopping block Because he's too bland to do anything in a Mercedes <laughs>
0: <laughs> this, this, this podcast is already getting spicy You've only been recording for five minutes It's great Dre, on the other
1: hand I would like to congratulate you on your virtual baseball progress
0: Yes! I now have a career in MLB the show, because I am now playing baseball. It's uh it is a weird thing. I you know, I might even start streaming some of it on my PS4 when I get bored in the downtime because it's it's been fun. I've adopted virtual baseball. I am a pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays. You used to um, pitch for I,
1: the t- for the Chicago Cubs, which meant you used to pitch at Wrigley Field. Now you pitch at Tropicana scenario. Field, a park that is 20 years outdated by the time it was finally built. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was, it's so bland by comparison. The only benefit is, like, our starting rotation is now hot fire. It's, uh, like, me and Blake Snell are, like, first and third in the Cy Young race, when we're actually fighting against each other. I'm a flamethrower archetype, I've hit, I've hit 102 mile an hour on my fastball on a, on some occasions. That also, is I've realized the brand. Also, that, like I also admit that I'm currently probably speaking double Dutch to a lot of people that are listening to this show right now. But uh, you'll see more on my Twitter, at Harrison101HD. In the meantime, if you want to see more of that, it's fun. Um, anyway. In the meantime, I'll get the uh, general housekeeping out of the way. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101 where a certain awful-haired person came back and started making video blogs last week. We're making videos again. Yes, that's me, your boy. And, uh, yeah, we've got two videos up uh, out there right now. Both... ...on Silly Season-related topics, and by the time this podcast goes out, there'll most likely be at least a third on MotoGP Silly Season, which is uh, bound to uh, be out by the time this goes out, yada, yada, yada. It's a lot on... uh, some of the stuff we'll talk about later on in the show anyway. I, I, I like to see this channel now as like an outlet for things that I can't cram in in the podcast itself. We, we, I know we do tend to go long on this things, but there is always thoughts in the back of my head that I don't have time to get out there. Because I want to spread the floor and get everybody in and accelerate. I, I don't want this to be the Dre ego boosting program. Um... That would never happen anyway, because half these guys in there want to chop me down to size every 30 minutes, but but, uh, I do try. There's a couple of fun videos on there, There's there's a couple of hangouts in there, there's a free hour one I did last week where I got surprisingly deep on some of my own YouTube history, school, life, fun times. It was actually quite, apparently everybody really liked it. But uh yeah, the, the worst nightmare is here, M101 transitioning into a visual platform. Um that's the last thing anybody wanted or needed as far as I'm concerned. But here we are. <laughs> We're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore one oh one, and if you'd like to follow our handles personally, you can at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, at RJO and at C Buckley917 fun times um <laughs> i also just saw the chat and it was just like do we mention the porridge and i'm just like oh no <laughs> i know exactly what charles is referencing here as well and i kind of have to mention it's only fair given everybody else has roasted themselves in the first five minutes of this recording <laughs> but yes there was a scene on my instagram story got last week at my instagram at harrison 101 if you want to find me on there i don't know why you'd ever want to do that either but uh Um, I have quite oily skin under my armpits. I actually sweat really, um, like I, like I, it's not, it's not pretty, so to speak. But apparently, because my mum is Jamaican and she knows things to help out, these sorts of things, apparently wet porridge is really good for actually cleaning (laughs) your skin. So... There was a scene where I'm literally scrubbing wet porridge into in, into my half-naked body. Um... <laughs> Folks, you heard it here first. You're getting beauty
1: and wellness tips from the internet's only motorsports podcast. <laughs> T- D-
2: Dre, does this make you legally obligated to support Valtteri Bottas?
0: No! No! <laughs> Absolutely uh, not! Oh, uh, nine? Uh, nine and a half, Ten? Ten? <laughs> King's rating from last year's season review um, Also but,
3: <laughs> Before I forget
0: I gotta wish a happy
3: birthday To Tony Stewart Oh, oh that's shit. the birthday you were referencing <laughs>
0: Yeah absolutely I'm just
2: disappointed we couldn't crash more cars
0: Also I love that our chat is immediately going Dre OnlyFans when it's not
1: it's, <laughs> not, it's not it's not happening <laughs> Because... I
0: only have one thing it, it, it to say in response to that. Fuck you would fuck the lawyers. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was a very real thing. And if you want an extra slide, you know, if you want an extra slide story to make you laugh on that one, I literally got. I, actually, I had someone slide into my DMs after posting that video. It was my ex girlfriend, and she said, "Nice <laughs> oh <laughs> I will leave that one there. You guys can make your own jokes at home.
4: <laughs> yeah, Mother it's uh,
0: it's. I'm just throwing that out there before I move on real quick Ladies, I am single um, just, just throwing that out there Shameless <laughs> plug <laughs> Speaking of which If you really like us You can back us financially on Patreon Patreon.com Forward slash Motorsport 101 I'm trying to hold it together but the chat is I say, they, they're, me they're,
2: they're really going to like us With all these beauty tips
0: <laughs> Of course of course, what's not to love? Look, like, you get said, so much
2: t- for your money with your Patreon <laughs> we're, we're, subscription to Motorsport One Hundred
0: and One. Like I love, I've I, I mentioned this as well. Resi just put, I don't want this to be a Dre ego boosting program. Quickly turns into a Dre ego boosting program. That <laughs> was not it. me. That You're was the one. Absolutely
1: non-obvious. worth it.
0: <laughs> you bastards. We're on patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. $5 gets you early access to all of our shows and the PDF of the kick, which is available. It's coming soon. Um, again, the front cover is still in the work. Shout out to a friend of the show, Hayley Mulch, who's working real hard on it. I've. I've um, peers in the Discord might have seen a sneak peek of it last week um, in terms of what the covers are look like. It is, it's going to be beautiful. I have no doubt on that whatsoever. As soon as it is out on Amazon, I will let you guys know. Keep, keep it locked in on the social media to keep an eye out for it. $10 gets you into the supporters club of our Discord server and I think I am right in saying this might be the most heavily populated supporters general I have ever seen. It's
1: one of and, the largest.
0: Yeah, it's up there. It's right up there. I mean, we, I think we've done something like Maybe 150 shows on Discord. We've never had it like this. Because um, everyone clearly knows what we're talking about. Today. Yeah, it's I know, um, right?
2: it's definitely topical. <laughs>
0: Also, one of the, the Brendan they did put, it's only so large because I've raised the average height and weight by like 35%. We're not being mean like that, Brendan, just because you're 6'7". Um, but we have, like, we have Zoe, Vic, Toki, our man Lewis from coming all the way from Barcelona. Hi, Lewis, nice to see you, buddy. Vince, Charles, Steve, Rezzi, and Danny all over here. Thanks, everyone, for listening in and joining in our plight. Um, <laughs> I think I can put this off no longer. After this musical break, I set myself on fire (laughs) and we talk about the Formula 1 silly season that literally exploded this time last week.
1: Trey, Andre Harrison, my good friend. Um, stuff has happened this past week. Uh, this time next year, uh, your guy, Sebastian Vettel, won't be at Ferrari. Your other guy, Carlos Sainz, will be at Ferrari. Uh, your other, other guy, Dana Ricciardo's going to be at another team. Um, that's a, we got a lot to talk about, don't we?
3: Oh, man, oh, man. Uh, it... It feels like it happened so quickly. It all started with a rumor that, hey, Sebastian Vettel and Ferrari couldn't come to terms in negotiating a contract extension. They will be parting ways at the end of the season. And then the internet exploded.
0: Yeah, we didn't want to believe it at first, but it was Bill over in Germany that first reported it. I believe it was... Monday about half eleven British Standard Time that uh, Bill's reported that Vell and Ferrari had uh, had a disagreement and then you know, they're not going to continue I literally just tweeted one word oh um, and normally Bill don't normally get that sort of stuff wrong um, th- then Toby Gruner reported it and Toby never goes wrong yeah. on things so like that Toby Gruner of
1: Motor um, and Sport uh, yeah probably he's, he's excellent one of the most reliable people in the business so we were just waiting for that announcement to come and it did
0: about 8 a.m the following morning yeah it was all but confirmed by everyone including the former one's official accounts auto sport you name it everyone the model if you want any anyone that gave a damn and then the official statement from ferrari that uh that uh, Ferrari and Vettel had decided that they were not going to renew their contract, which expires at the end of this season, and that Vettel was going to leave the team um, at the end of the season. And uh, to fast forward a little bit, about 48 hours later, we got the word that Carlos Sainz um, had agreed to replace him at that team in 2021 on a two-year deal. Um... Now, do we do we go into what we now know
3: about the Ferrari Vettel negotiations.
0: Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll go into that now. Um, essentially, and this is this was reported by the redacted about um, about four or five days later. I can't remember the exact day, but it was reported by Mark Hughes again. Hughes, one of the better guys in the biz, um, doesn't normally get this sort of stuff wrong. Especially they not were... a story this big. Yeah, exactly. And they reported, or the race said, the quote they had come to understand that uh, it turns out that Ferrari had already decided at the end of last season that they were going to move on from Sebastian, and they never even offered him a hard contract for twenty twenty one.
3: Yep they they never intended on re signing Sebastian Vettel.
0: What a sentence that is. The- they had no intentions of re-signing the, one of the best drivers they have ever had, by any measure. He's third all-time on Ferrari wins, only behind Nicky Lauda and, of course, Michael Schumacher. Fourteen race wins for Ferrari, twice a championship runner-up. Five years with the and horse to that point. Gone. I was devastated. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, I'm not gonna pretend. I didn't know how to feel. I was. I was more sad, but I kind of understood um, where they were coming from to a degree. It was more just. I think, I think it was more shock than anything else. I was like, "Wow, they just fell out." Shock that little, it just
1: all happened so suddenly during a time so where you would think that. Uh, motorsport activity like this would remain stand- stagnant as, you know, we're not back to Formula One racing during the middle of a global pandemic.
3: Well, no, yeah, yeah. yeah, because without the second part of that story, it literally makes zero sense for them to end negotiations now. If right. if, if Ferrari were coming to the table with, with somewhat good intent, they would try to negotiate this out for at least until we return to racing. But knowing that they had no intent on re-signing him, it's obvious, you know, why negotiations yeah. fell apart, because nothing would be good enough for them. Yeah, Not
2: only like, that, we know that Ferrari, Ferrari never announces what they're doing with their driver lineup this early in the year. They always try to announce it around Monza time, for obvious reasons. And the prevailing rumor is that Vettel himself, who never gets involved with the media willingly went and got involved with the media and leaked this to German media to more or less force Ferrari's hand
0: which caused yeah which caused Ferrari to scramble around and start making all the big hard announcements within 72 hours of the initial leak we find out he's gone and signs is in basically yeah, i it think it's going to come down, down. to yeah.
1: The prevailing rumor was that it was either going to come down to Dan Ricardo, an Australian of Italian origin, who had been rumored for Ferrari drives for years and years and years, and Carlos Sainz, who, outside of the drivers and the big trick sits, is the best driver on the board. Uh, and yeah, ultimately, as we learned after
2: it, the fact that it was never actually a debate between the two. McLaren had been trying to court Ricardo for months and same with Ferrari and Sainz.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Zach Brown had gone on Sky Sports F1 I think a couple of times via Zoom call because that's what they're doing to fill in the time right now. Um, they've had who's who of guys in the paddock join them for vodcasts, interviews, whatever you want to call it. And Zach Brown openly said they were courting Daniel Ricardo and Carlos Sainz had asked him for permission over Christmas um, to talk to Ferrari. Zach obviously granted that request um, and whatnot. So the wheels were already in motion and I kind of had a hunch on this because when they announced that Signs was leaving McLaren at the end of the season and going to Ferrari, Signs had this uber slick, super classy leaving video done up by him and his videographers in the camp. All this internal footage of him and Lando and him driving the car and writing a handwritten goodbye letter um, it was I said this is far too goddamn slick for it to be put together in 2 days. So like it,
3: it should be noted in the video it doesn't say where he's going. So it was it was clear that he was going to leave McLaren but not to where. That was way right. too
2: well produced to have been made in, on such short notice.
0: Yeah, he knew he was leaving the team. Yeah. He wouldn't ask. For, he wouldn't ask for permission to speak to another team if he didn't have some inkling he might leave. Um, so yeah, like I said, it, it was far too slick a video package for him not to consider something like that. So yeah, we can't say I'm surprised um, on, on something like that. Um, but it's it had all gone down in the last seventy-two hours. But I mean. <sighs> Where where do we even start on this from an a standpoint
1: here? I want to ask something uh, before we really dive into what comes next for Sebastian Vettel because there are options on the table um, between signs going to Ferrari and Ricardo going to not just McLaren but Mer- McLaren Mercedes in 2021. Who do y'all think made the better move? Um, from a Ricardo. From a
2: personal standpoint, Ricardo, absolutely. Because Ricardo,
0: no, no doubt in my mind. As we'll get
2: to later, um, you know, is Signs gonna have a, gonna actually be allowed to flourish at Ferrari? So, despite his talent,
3: I, like my gut feeling, based on Ferrari signing Carlos Signs Jr. and Charles Clark being locked to a really long term deal, it feels like. It it feels like Ferrari are literally entering a planned rebuild phase.
0: <sighs> I wouldn't say rebuild, but I would certainly say that is them like that is a statement of intent to say. It Le feels like is they're, our
1: guy. it feels like they're rebuilding because we've uh, most of most of. Formula One fandom have kind of given Ferrari shit for going for nothing but established top guys, even if they are over the hill. Like, Ferrari were always the team that never went after youth. I believe before Charles Leclerc, the last young guy that they went after was Felipe Massa, who was already part of their program.
2: And who already uh, had uh, a decent it, amount of yeah. time in F one? Yeah. yeah, he
0: was already twenty. He was twenty six when he joined Ferrari. Yeah. Like he he was already an established player within the sport. He had already had twenty four. 24, sorry, thanks, thanks, Vic. Yeah. But even so, he had, he'd already had four seasons of experience. This this was like they they took a massive gamble on Leclerc in the first place. I think at it the did. time there was still a viable argument you could make to keep Kimi Raikkonen on yeah. in, and keep the setup as it was. Um, and it wasn't just oh, just played a super talented youngun, you know. Because I think the yeah, fan we, we had of... that argument here
3: on the show where yeah. we're like, "Hey, Leclerc, Leclerc is really good, but he's not ready yet."
0: It wasn't. It wasn't for me the fact he wasn't ready for me. It was more a case: what's the hurry here? Like, Räikkönen was getting better and better year on year in the hybrids. Vettel was still team leader. Yes, okay, he had a bad 2019 by his standards but there was no real reason to blow the team up um but they did it anyway they put Charles Leclerc in and of course Leclerc was probably the main positive to take away from last season yeah. and you know only yeah, positive Sebastian Vettel. only positive yeah, you know. to take from last season yeah everything else was a, was a fucking hot mess but you know look well, I should get into I I I am being completely honest I had a hunch in the back of my head that this was going to happen when they gave Leclerc the 5 year extension I didn't want to believe it I'm, I'm an optimist. I try to see the good in people. I try to, you know, not be negative and degrading. I mean, how many times did I pick Ferrari to win a championship? That wasn't out of cynicism. I'd be lying to myself if I said it was. It was it was more out of hope than expectation. But, you know, it's... <clears throat> it's uh, I kind of knew. Like, f- five-year deals in Formula 1 are unheard of. They, d- they just don't happen. They're like GPs market. Most deals are two years. Two to three. Normally a two plus one or something along those lines. It
2: requires some deep promises from both sides of the camp.
0: Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a commitment. And if Leclerc yeah. was willing to tie himself down for half a decade, which takes him through till his 27th birthday, you know, in his prime, you'd argue... That was a statement of intent to me that Ferrari were going to build around the going forward. That was obvious, and there w- there was already rumblings that they were talking about making Vettel take a pay cut after getting thirty plus million a year. Yeah, that, that was all. Uh, that was
1: like the prevailing rumor at the time when things were starting to break down. Uh, Vettel wanted a long term deal, and Ferrari weren't willing to give it to them. Cam, uh, I believe. Yeah. Earlier today, or yesterday, I believe it was, you had heard something that, uh, that Matteo Bonato, the, yeah, the sporting Benazzo, director of Ferrari, uh, wanted yeah. to keep him, but the new yeah. leadership at Ferrari were just intent on scrubbing all of the last regime, even if it meant letting go of a four time world champion.
2: Yeah. The um, uh, rumors have kind of been bounced around that. Benotto is Benotto supports getting rid of Vettel, but wanted to offer him another year or two but the, the obviously the way Ferrari is structured at this point, it's not like it was you know 15 years ago. Not under the people Monaco at the alone. top. the people not at the Marcio. top make the decisions yeah. and uh, you don't question them because if you question them, you're fired.
1: And, and I just want to cut this off of the past. Like, yeah, I know Vettel did not have a Sebastian Vettel-type season in 2019. Uh, Silverstone and Mons in particular come to mind as howlers of bad races from a driver who is a four-time world champion. and has more wins than every human being not named Michael Schumacher or Loomis Hamilton, but... He still well, has value to a Formula One team. It's it's not as if, you know, if the Lakers go win a finals and Kobe Bryant wins MVP, it doesn't mean Shaquille O'Neal is without value.
2: Well, and what had kind of come out, um, also from the Redacted, is kind of a, a, a breakdown of where things went wrong within that team because... The team that Vettel was sold in 2014 by Luca De Montezemolo is not mm. the team that was that he
1: got there when he, Yeah, because God is not there anymore. Sergio Marchione, God rest his soul, is not there anymore. It's entirely different. In that sense, maybe it does make sense for a change.
3: Yeah, for and v- like, for Vettel's sake. The, the only things that could have kept Vettel at Ferrari, where things completely out of his control, he didn't get fired due to his performance out on track.
2: Yeah, because realistically, for I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that Ferrari knows that Vettel is not going to play the number two role, he never has. I don't and think that's he ever fine, will. and that is fine, but also he's not definitively slow enough compared to Leclerc to force him into a number two role, and even if he accepted the number two role. Ferrari is so bad at managing their drivers and team orders.
1: Yeah. In addition to That's the rest the other of their thing. Operational Scuderia mistakes. Ferrari, the the problem, the overarching problem at Scuderia Ferrari is not the drivers. It is the cars are not as good as what Mercedes are building. Uh, The management that's in place is not as good as what Mercedes have in place. I
2: almost disagree, because the problem is, for Ferrari now, is that their technical core, well, at least until mid-2018, was still very, very good, and they could still produce a good car. But you need more than just a car and a driver to win. You need the organization running that, that, uh, that partnership.
0: The organization of the entire team Last year was the worst I've ever seen from a top tier team yeah. In the 20 years I've been watching Formula 1 There was just so many Fundamental fuck ups With that team that have been well documented On this podcast in the mm-hmm. last 6 months yeah. so, Very so well documented
3: wh- So what does this mean for their drivers Obviously Leclerc's safe, he has a 5 year deal Carlos Sainz has a 2 year deal He has the next season 2 and years this- plus 1 no no it's two years it's, he, oh. he, has, he has next season and then the season after that the first season under the new regula- regulations I thought he had an option if...
2: for another year
1: huh. what I know happens... Ricardo has an option for another year and we'll get yeah, into we're... that in a bit because yeah. Uh, yeah. they are ready to throw money at him just like another team once did can't oh believe God. Daniel Ricciardo like, got it, all it, that it, money from Reto. Yeah,
0: the, like, the, the, point, the point I'm getting at here is it feels like Carlos Sainz is a stopgap to me. Yeah, because so all, like, all, all, all of a sudden... Sorry, sorry to cut you, King. bear me for just a second here. Playing it down, I mean, if there's one thing... I, I, King will back me up on this. This is a change in philosophy entirely.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, Ferrari, again, as mentioned, they, they would normally only go after experienced or established names. Now all of a sudden they've had their youngest team since 1968 coming up, coming up and down. They've not had a team this young since Chris Amon drove for them and Jackie um, X. And Jackie X, that team in 1968 that was only a year, like a year younger, a year younger than what this team is now. It's the second youngest Ferrari team ever. Um, but all of a sudden now we've got a situation where Ferrari have got Leclerc and signs, which is a a very very good team on, on sheer ability but they've also got team. Yeah, of course but they've also got a very rampant driving academy where it has three bullets in the chamber in form of the two for this upcoming season in Schwartzman and Armstrong and Mick Schumacher yeah, that are I'll, all in that camp although
1: if you listen to most people you would just assume it's just one bullet in the chamber <laughs> because Mick Schumacher is the only name that comes up to which I retort that is Massively disrespectful to what Schwartzman and Armstrong did. I know they are not brand name talents the way that the son of Michael Schumacher
3: is. But yeah, I mean luckily due to current events, uh Ferrari might have given themselves well, might have gotten
0: an extra year to kick that driver <laughs> academy can yeah, I was down just the road about to say.
2: <laughs> Yeesh.
0: How, how, how much do you want to bet that they're seriously hoping that or I can then retires at the end of the next season? Um, they're going to have to. They're going to have to sweep the decks of Sober. Like It's it's going to happen. Because, yeah, and, yeah, and there's also, two also, big also losers because, out
2: of this, and one of yeah. them is Antonio Giovinazzi.
0: I feel so bad for Gio. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's, chopped, he, he's chopped liver right now.
1: Yeah, poor guy's out there getting buried in the press like he's any Triple H opponent in the early 2000s.
3: <laughs> um, that, that was the first question that came up when Ferrari had an open seat and they signed Carlos Sainz Jr. What happens to Antonio
0: Giovinazzi? He's he's even more of a stopgap right now because it sounds like if anyone in Formula Two from their camp wins the championship, his seat surely is the first one to get chopped, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Unless Kimmy, unless Kimmy retires, and which
0: I don't think will happen.
1: If anything, Kimi I think pe- people were were lobbying for Kimmy to come back just to not cause friction with Leclerc. Uh, to which but, I, I want to make this point. like I know Carlos Sainz is good enough to be a number one driver on any team like McLaren. And I know it was safe to assume that, oh, he would never go to Ferrari to accept a number two driver role. But the difference is Vettel has kind of earned the 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 push, the kind of pull to where he can demand number one status in any team. Carlos Sainz is a very good driver. He is a two-time motorsport, a 101 dri- four-wheel driver of the year. He no. has one podium finish. He has not earned the pull to demand number one status. If he has to play a facilitating role for much of these two years and can still win you races and score podiums on a consistent clip, that is totally fine. At some point, you've got to like, you've got to maybe like mi- mitigate the risk. You've got to like take a risk on maybe having a little bit of friction between two young alpha males. Because if you avoid guys simply because you're worried about them causing friction with your established number one guy, you're gonna have to go reaching for drivers who maybe aren't aren't up the caliber of that seat at this point in time.
0: But the problem with that is that Ferrari have always had it as a one-two punch, and when they haven't had it as a one-two punch, that's when problems have started. Look at the Raikkonen era when they were together. Raikkonen went from winning them their last driver's championship to being bought out in the space of a year and a half. Like, they paid him £18 million not to come to work! Like, and that was when they had a one-two punch, and then they had to go tell Raikkonen, back up Felipe Massa. That went over like a ton of bricks. Like, that did not go over well at all. Ferrari cannot handle having drivers on equal footing. It yeah, does not work.
3: For, for Ferrari, the Constructors' Championship, it might be the championship that pays money, but it literally doesn't matter to them. They Ferrari the doesn't drivers.
2: need more
3: money. <laughs> yeah, they want to win the Drivers' Championship.
2: They have That's been willing the- to bury their second driver in the name of the Drivers' Championship,
1: For decades, and if Carlos Sainz Jr. has to play that role for a couple of years, um, that's that's okay. He can still be in a consistent position to win races. And if something like 2008 happens, if Charles Leclerc uh, has a terrible slump somewhere in the season, and all of a sudden becomes Carlos Sainz, who might be their number one title challenger. I don't. I don't think they would go against that. To be honest. Oh, they will. How how
2: willing is their probably now contracted number one going to be willing to play that supporting role?
0: No chance. I like. I love Charles as much as the next guy, but I think the pseudo nice guy routine is an act. The man with the visor down is as hard a racer as anybody out there. Yeah, we saw that on track.
1: Yeah, we saw that on track
0: last year. Yeah, Leclaire is
3: ruthless.
0: (laughs) The man put Hamilton on the grass at Monza last year and <laughs> got away with it. Like, To be like, fair. So
1: that we locked his partner out of his apartment.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think we need some context. We're going to explain to explain. Charles Leclerc
1: had a Twitch stream. Um, his girlfriend was coming back to the apartment, couldn't get in. But LeClaire was so occupied with games so that... Uh Charles's girlfriend had to buy a Twitch subscription to tell him to unlock the door.
0: <laughs> y- you mean you mean she couldn't just, you know, call him like a normal human being? Oh no, <laughs> he wasn't answering the phone.
1: Cause he was too oh busy God. playing on Twitch, which
0: I get it. I, I just We've think- all had that problem.
1: <laughs> yeah. With with the LeClaire science dynamic, look, I'm expecting Signs to play a facilitating role to Leclerc for most of it. I'm just saying that in 2008 Ma- Felipe Massa did not come into that season expecting to be the number one guy at Ferrari by season's end. Circumstances just kind of happen like that.
0: But good luck putting signs over the top on Leclerc when he's driven so well in his F1 career to yeah, date. That's, the man's that's, a stud.
2: Especially with the way Benotto worded the, uh, the signing of Carlos
3: Sainz.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean looking back, going back to the Vettel perspective for just a minute, the options going forward are bleak. Um in the sense that I mean McLaren was talked about. Yeah nope. Andrea Seidel,
2: um, his old pal. Which as it turned out was a nothing burger because they had already more or less finalized things with Ricardo.
1: They got their mans. Aston Martin may be on the table. They've got big
3: ambitions, right? Uh, well, no, one they,
2: of those seats yeah. is guaranteed, and I'm pretty sure Perez is contracted for a long-ass time.
0: Yeah, Perez
3: has a contract for next
0: year. Oh, oh, Mars already come out and said they're retaining their lineup for 2021. That is a no-go. It's going to be Stroll and Perez going forward at, at, at tracing point. Um, so don't worry about any of that. Um... There isn't a lot. The only there is a real, very big
2: elephant in the room. Yes, a very uh, silver it, one. The only star Mercedes. In our
3: lives. Mercedes have zero contracted drivers for next year. And
2: yeah, if you believe rumors,
0: there is a big old elephant in the room in that that we've called out Mercedes. We like Mercedes for the most part, but we have one big problem with the way Mercedes conduct themselves on the internet. They pretend they're the underdogs, and they act like they act like they act they like, like, like their the shit stink. Yeah, they, they, they act they seem to think, oh, we're not that great. Oh, it, it could be a great race tomorrow when they have beaten the field down consistently, again and again and again and again. So what so we're, we're saying so we're mis- is,
1: embrace your inner Golden State Warrior, go after the proverbial Kevin Durant, and put that Hamilton and Vettel dream team together, or at least pursue it.
2: Look, <laughs> as much as I'd love to see it... You don't want this. Oh, oh, no, I want this. I want this <laughs> no, 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 I'm an no, 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 I'm an agent of chaos, but... Yeah.
0: Silence, angry man.
2: I don't really see it happening.
0: Okay, you goodbye. do not want this. I will say this till the heavens. Unless you're an arbinger of chaos like Mr. Buckley to my left... You do not want this again. The worst season I ever watched as a Formula 1 fan for sheer toxicity was 2016. Or as I like to call it, the year Rosberg got really, really good and upset the apple cart. It brought out the worst in everybody involved. Fuck that dream team. I am 28 (laughs) years old in three months time. I have been watching this sport for 20 years. I'm getting too old for this. I can't
3: take it anymore. <laughs> so we we should mention that Mercedes has openly, Mercedes the team has said that they've they're they're openly against the idea of having Sebastian Vettel. They Not haven't They taken it They, 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 said,
2: taken they it want the to table. look at their
1: own drivers first. Right?
2: Yeah, Lewis, they have Lewis so Hamilton, and
1: Valtteri Bottas, which is a which is that's still a very good driver lineup. That driver lineup's won the last. Rating World Constructors Championships
3: That driver lineup
2: is crushing out Constructors titles at a ridiculous rate
3: And uh, Pretty much uh, Toto was, you know, said Like, what's gonna happen to our Driver Academy, which is a Driver Academy of 1, by the way, it's just George Russell, he's like, what's gonna Happen to George Russell
0: (laughs) And once again, I don't have faith In Mercedes when, given how They handled or should I say bungled the then of Pascal Wehrlein and Esteban Ocon, their previous young drivers, that they basically were too chicken to put in the factory seat and couldn't get anybody else to sign them lower down the order. Well, so- they
2: could have bought Manor, and then they didn't.
0: Yeah, because pretty much
3: Total Wolf didn't want to get rid of Valtteri Bottas. That's why Wehrlein and Ocon had to get the... Yo, they're walking papers. (laughs) And
0: why would you? Bottas is the best clean-up man in the field. He'll win you three races a year. He's unproblematic. He's willing to play the number two driver. He's coughed up wins to help Hamilton in the campaign in the past. If you're a team boss, Bottas is the anti-Rosberg. Why the hell would you ever get rid of him?
1: (laughs) Please don't go too fast. But but consider, if you're the board at Mercedes-Benz, you know what's even what's also marketable? A, a, combined, a, a combined 11 a World team. Drivers' Championships on the same team going
2: into yeah. 2021.
3: Literally 9 of the 10 World Championships of the last decade.
2: <laughs> it would be arguably the single greatest driver lineup in F1 history. Cause,
0: Cause, it would be the greatest lineup. You have two of the six best drivers to ever walk this earth. Yeah, yeah
3: and while Botas is a reliable number two to the daimler board like he's wallpaper like he doesn't bring any value to the team
2: at the end of the day formula 1 is Did a marketing The normal just act.
0: call him wallpaper. <laughs> yes.
2: King's wow. favorite King's favorite driver no less. Sweet damn. 10 out of 10.
0: 10 out of 10 wallpaper says Lewis in the discord. <laughs> For
2: God's sake. Professional journalism. <laughs>
0: Where? If if you're looking for that, you've come to the wrong show, quite frankly. Uh, F1
2: is a a marketing exercise, and that
3: is really
2: marketable.
0: Like,
3: in a vacuum, there's no way that I'm retaining Valtteri Bottas over the possibility of signing Sebastian
0: Vettel. King, I underestimated you. You are clearly a chaotic evil all along. I thought you were a true neutral. I'm very disappointed. Um, so, but, uh, so Dre, he's, he's not. Uh,
1: let, me, let me level with you, man. So if if not me. Mercedes, and if Ferrari's, if Ferrari doesn't want him back, and Red Bull doesn't want him back because it'll mess up that dynamic, what do you think Vettel does next? Does he walk away at the end of the season? Four world titles, third all-time wins.
3: I think he retires. Are, are you sure? I mean, there, there are a lot of available options out there. I mean, he well, could I team up with one, it, George Russell at Williams. That's not, not working,
1: King, you know, I am so sick of you. <laughs> yeah, maybe if okay. this was 1997, Vettel, uh, Vettel to Williams looks appealing.
3: Okay, but... There is one other factory team who have a lot of uh, the available other, salary to the pay. The other
2: it. elephant in the room, you know, I mentioned <laughs> that there were two big losers out of the uh, out of the news from Ferrari. One of them was Antonio Giovinazzi. The other,
1: well, Brano. <laughs> Our
2: good oh, friends.
0: Jeez. I would rather scrub more porridge into my armpits than watch Sebastian Vettel drive for Renault. Renault That's... is dog shit. Look, yeah.
2: Renault just spent a 40 million pound contract for Daniel Ricciardo to walk into that team, have one relatively mediocre year in an illegal car, and say fuck y'all.
1: Which is good for him, because next season, he gets to come to McLaren with Mercedes customer engines, with a team run by Andrea Seidel, you can help yeah. Lando Norris's development as a driver. Stable if if you're if
0: you're Ricardo, you might have just saved yourself a way of getting back into the top six after dropping out of it last year. It's to
1: say that's yeah. not the top eight by this point. Yeah. Good and, way. Uh, yeah.
3: I mean, the the hilarious thing is that Cyril Abidable and Dan Ricardo just had a massive public falling out. Oh, and boy. <laughs> we have Cyril, we okay. haven't even started the season yet. They still have to spend a year together.
1: Uh, if I'm Dan or Ricardo, I'm just sitting the fuck home. Cyril was out here
2: preaching loyalty. <laughs> preaching Allow me lo- to level with you for a moment. They looked for quite literally every option to replace Kevin Magnuson to the point where when it was time to re sign Kevin Magnuson, Magnuson walked. Yep.
3: And they had to do a ludicrous three-team trade.
2: (laughs) They had to... They booted Julian Palmer out of the seat halfway through a year. You
1: have to be alert on a straight circuit, Cam.
0: And they didn't even have the balls to tell Palmer because he found out watching the TV coverage at home. (sighs) Yep. I forgot
2: about that fact. Holy shit.
0: That makes this even better. And Renault can't
3: be preaching the ballad of loyalty when you just look at what literally all their executives have done over the past decade. Woke. Yeah.
2: Carlos gone, do a... He's gone with the wind.
1: Harlow's gone, do crimes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Credit to uh, credit to Vincent on that one.
0: Some someone tells Cyril to read the goddamn room. This is the statement he put out on. I wasn't done. Let's keep it going. Booted signs out.
3: Booted signs out. And then, whoa, whoa, then boot signs out. They traded Carlos.
2: They tra- <laughs> They traded Carlos signs for cash considerations. I don't want to hear it, <laughs> Mister New York Knicks.
0: They traded signs for thirty cents on the dollar. And and there's, like I found a statement that Cyril put out when when the, when the announcement was made on May fourteenth. He goes and I quote. In our sport, and particularly within the current extraordinary situation, reciprocated confidence, (laughs) unity, and commitment are more than ever critical values for a works team. Your car
3: was illegal
2: for four years.
0: (laughs) I am confident that the 2020 season will allow us to accomplish even more together. Our ambitions and the strategy of Renault DP World, or I'd like to call them now, Renault Double Penetration World, F1 team, (laughs) Remain unchanged
2: I mean, they are getting fucked like a bitch Oh
0: my god This team
2: is a joke They are a joke
0: Like, again, Cyril, read the room No one takes your team seriously Okay, okay,
2: Cyril needs to have, like, pictures of the Renault board at a Christmas party He (laughs) has to
0: They have every single one of their daughter's nudes. It's the only exception as to why he still has a job with them. Because last year was a fundamental embarrassment for Renault on every level. They They got curb
2: stomped by a customer
0: team. They got beat by a a customer team on the same power unit as them. Their car was deemed to be illegal. And they just had the man they spent £40 million on walk.
1: To that, that same, same team. team, to that same customer team, that's going to drop that customer deal. That is humiliation. Signs left hum- Renault,
2: went to McLaren, and we thought he was damaged goods. And then he was the star driver of the
3: midfield.
0: Renault <sighs> is embarrassing. Yeah, and it should be noted one of the
3: reasons why Cyril is running the team is because no one else wants to run Retto. Like, remember, they hired Frederick Vasour to run Retto, and is like, no, Formula 1's too, too strenuating, I want to spend time so focusing on my junior team. He leaves, and then gets another job in F1.
1: If I'm Daniel oh, Ricardo, <laughs> I'm just going to sit, I'm just going to take gardening leave, uh, collect that last year, that contract, let Ali Prost drive the other uh, Retto. I mean, I hear they want an all-French driver lineup, is this an appropriate segue to get to Duke to talk about what Renault does next? Because if they're not Pretty getting much. Sebastian Vettel, and if apparently the rumor is that Pierre Gasly and Esteban Okad don't get on as well as they used to, what the hell does Renault do?
3: I mean oh no. honestly, if I was if I was Renault, I wouldn't I wouldn't even care. I would sign Gasly anyway. No
2: I would hear with the French chaos. Um,
3: well, there is a prevailing
2: rumor. <laughs> Mr. O'Connell.
0: <laughs> Can you hear the bells, Fernando? Why? <laughs> there was something in the Team air Team and stone take three. The stars, they shine, Fernando. Third time <laughs> the... oh, to
2: charm. Third to charm. To which I Come reply, on, RJ, why... Baby in the name of God, would he go back to Renault?
0: Come on, RJ. The, maybe the third time the relationship will work out. <laughs> Honestly, you, you might get back to the glory days. I could understand
1: it if Alonso was kind of pushed out of McLaren at the end of last decade, when he was still in his prime, and Renault still had ambitions of being a top team under Flavio Briatori. and it was realistic that they could win the odd race here or there. It doesn't make sense going into this new decade where by the time, by this time next year, Fernando Alonso will be 39 years old. By next August, he'll be 40 years old. He'll have been out of the sport for two years. The only reason, the only possible reason that this would make sense for for Renault is for one final Desperate attempt to keep the company invested in Formula One because from every other from a from a logical from a performance standpoint from a team chemistry standpoint that no there's no benefit to this. And for Alonzo, there's no benefit at all because all he'd be doing is just pottering around the lower sixth to tenth places. Hoping that he could squeak out a fourth place finish and have that be the high water mark, you know, just like the last handful it, of years of his career
2: we'll at McLaren it, Honda. It would be McLaren Honda two electric
3: boogaloo. So it should it should be noted that Renault do have to sign someone for that seat. Yeah, because, they do. Uh, they're ju- no no one barring circumstances later this year. No one in their driver academy has a super license. Guan Yu Xiao does not have a super license. Kristen Lundgaard does not have a super license. They have to sign someone. But they hey, have to sign
2: somebody. Sergey
1: Sorotkin, their test driver. <laughs> the, it shouldn't... It shouldn't honestly, I would take... Sorotkin would make say, much that more would sense. Be decent, he's, that would be he's 15 sensible. years younger than Fernando Alonso and has... Has
0: that, that would be far too logical a to take from the team that let Jack Aiken walk last year, and and also,
3: uh, uh, Aiken didn't walk. He says he walked, but he didn't walk because not only is he not there anymore, uh, Sergey Rockin's also not there anymore either. Wait, what? their one test driver this year is Guan Yu Zhao, who does not have a super license.
1: I, oh, for the
0: love of God,
1: <laughs> Guan Yu Zhao has massive potential on the driver and commercial side but he may be a year away from that. So, like, I get just needing a stopgap, but it's not going to be of any benefit to Fernando Alonso. Fernando Alonso is not going to benefit from this. He is not winning that third title in a Renault. He is not breaking a seven-year winless drought in a Renault. I'm
3: sorry. Can I I, I point
0: out? Go on, King, you first.
3: What if Fernando isn't coming back to win, but to get the retirement tour he never got?
2: He got he had, a retirement tour. He got a special painted McLaren and he did burnouts on the front straight at Abu Dhabi. I don't want to <laughs> fucking hear it. There we go. Cam listen, made my point listen, for me.
0: And, and look, Cyril complained earlier this week about the F1 oh. salary situation getting out of hand. The rumor is that if they do sign an agreement to Fernando Alonso, it is a two-year, 60 million pound contract.
2: 30 million on a the year. Route,
0: 30 million a year. 30 million a year for a glorified midfielder that hasn't won a Grand Prix in seven years.
1: This would be like the Charlotte Hornets capitalizing on the popularity of the Last dance and in an effort to try and turn the team's fortunes around, signing Michael Jordan to a one-year player contract <laughs> to have 10 to 15 minutes off the bench. It makes no sense.
2: It makes no sense from every perspective, except for this one. Renault keeps thinking that an elite driver is going to save their pile of junk. And it won't. It won't. It's not how it Formula won. One works.
3: <laughs> but Kimmy saved us.
1: When they had a much because. better car.
2: Yeah, when the, when the midfield was right in step with the top three teams. Now there is a uh, uh, yawning chasm of about seven to eight tenths at best between the worst of the top three teams, whoever that is at a given weekend, and the top of the midfield.
0: There is a, there's, there's a one-second barrier there that they would have to break. And at that point, look, I've, I've, I've always said this, an elite driver will not save a midfield team. Not, uh,
1: n- it, not it, in uh, an era where cars don't break down.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, reliability was the only X factor in this, and that doesn't really exist anymore in the modern sport where engine re- engine blow ups or general mechanical retirements are few and far between in this era. So as far as I'm concerned there is no value in signing Fernando Alonso whatsoever. Like, what what, what are we talking about here? Like, we are, like, talking about a guy that might be cooked. And I had to mention this to guys on, like, a certain driver in the actual esports series claimed to me that vettel like uh, well it's a case of recency bias you guys would much rather have alonso in formula one because he's the threat to hamilton now i'm not saying you're wrong for saying this but what i am saying is how the hell are you so confident about it when the man has not driven a title contending car since 2012 2012
1: i was like i was a moderately to severely depressed college student in 2012 that was a that, long that, damn time ago.
0: That guy I was arguing with was still in his father's nutsack when the last time he was driving a relevant title contender. <laughs> like.
2: And there's also the prevailing rumor that just came out that Renault is ditching Alpine.
1: Yeah, there yeah, are a lot so, of problems in the Alliance as have been documented many times on this show.
2: So, uh, yeah. Uh, Actually, now it makes perfect much. sense for Alonso because Alonso always makes the worst team decisions
3: <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much on top of the whole uh, alliance collapsing uh, it, it's questionable on whether there'll be massive cuts at Renault itself due to the whole pandemic
0: yeah, uh, isn't, uh, isn't the French government banning them out right now
3: uh, yeah, the French government's going to bail out Renault, uh, but the pretty much the French government don't want Renault to make any cuts in their budget yeah. to preserve the French economy, yeah. which is a good thing for the Formula One team, but, oh, like... Yikes. Uh,
1: if uh, Yeah, yikes. If, uh, yeah. To, to sum that whole mess up. Don't go after Alonzo. Try and get someone like Gasly. You wanted a French driver, why not just double up? Go get Valtteri Bottas if he's available. Don't go chasing after Alonzo. We've done this song and dance, and this isn't going to benefit him or your team.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know why Alonso would even want to go back there unless it's for a giant paycheck, because we all know he ain't winning shit down there again, so... Like, the whole... So, like, yes,
3: there'd be a big paycheck out for... For Alonso, if he comes back, but it won't be Danny Ricardo big because remember, Danny Ricardo was their highest paid employee.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, the rumor is that the contract will be even more money per year than Ricardo, which is insane.
0: Whoa. <laughs> 30 it's million insane.
2: A year. It's what he was making at McLaren, which was right. primarily footed by Honda.
0: Yeah, it's. And then they've already said was getting 10 million a year at McLaren in that 2 plus 1 deal with an apparent. One million pound win bonus per win. So they're banking on McLaren being real good in like a year's time. So that's, that's interesting. Or they're not.
2: Well. <laughs> <McLaren>. <laughs> or they're not. McLaren are making Or they're moves. not.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a clever move to tie it up in, in, in endorsements, basically. But uh, good luck with that, I say. But people have asked me generally what I think of the whole situation. I did put up a pretty extensive piece that actually went semi-viral on this here internet last week. Yes, it week did. Good dinner. for you, man.
2: What, what was that about uh, stroking Trey's ego?
0: Um, it's deserved.
2: <laughs> it is. It is. That's fair.
0: Ne- ne- nearly 200 retweets. I, I don't quite know how that happened, but here we are. Um, I, I busted that out about three hours after the announcement was made official, and uh, apparently it went down quite well. Um, so if you want my full thoughts on that, you can check it out there. Long story short, I think it's going to be a retirement for Sebastian. I really do. I don't see Merckx. I think Toto will absolutely dig his heels in as long as he possibly can. I don't think that will end up in a, in a Mercedes. I really don't. Um, I think it's going to be retirement. And the way he worded it in his statement when he was at an even Ferrari is that I, he talked a lot about the future and it's a difficult future right now due to COVID nineteen, and he said it's given him some perspective on life, and he's he's gonna think long and hard about what to do next. And it's I, he's. I okay. feel,
3: I feel the opposite about that. Right, I feel like as much as Toto Wolf wants to dig his heels in, that it'll it'll come down to who controls the checkbook, and I feel like. The board will look down on the Mercedes F1 team. Otherwise, if they don't do what they want, and they come axing to fund the team, because remember, Mercedes might be the only team that operates at, you know, profit. Yeah, I'm but kidding. it's 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 not King? that large of a profit. They require a lot of corporate funding. Yeah, I, I... Uh,
0: uh, uh, King, I'm uh, King. I'm so confident on this. I'll give you fifty bucks to the charity of your choice if will ends up in that team. Same. I'll do the uh, same. Otherwise, all right. That, that, that's a wager. You heard it right here. There's a fifty buck bet to the charity of our choice. If, if, if also, I demand that RJ dyes his hair banana yellow. If <laughs> ends up in their team.
1: I'm already back to being blind I think I've satisfied that. I'm not. No, I'm, I'm not I'm taking I'm, one for
0: the I'm, team right now. I'm, I'm not I, taking uh, that one for the team. Either you or Cam is going golden yellow. Drake go fuck yourself oh my (laughs)
3: god but you heard it here the New York Knicks are not a charity
0: quote is this 50 bucks to the Knicks if King wins (laughs) also son of you say first bet Drake's taken in months no kidding (laughs) But, Jesus yeah, You you heard it here first folks 50 bucks says I think Seb doesn't end up in Mercedes King says 50 bucks it does We'll give 50 bucks to the charity Of our choice depending on the result You heard it here first
1: And I guess I'll dye my hair blonde again If Sebast- if uh, Fernando Alonso Ends up at Renault to go putter around In the lower 6-10 to 10 range Every race
0: RJ your and partner yeah. suggesting reflective metallic gold
3: And so everyone is clear on the scale of France's government bailout of Renault. It is 5 billion euros.
1: Oh
2: my
3: god. That's a lot.
1: That's a lot.
0: Um, Is that that a
2: lot of money? That's a lot of money. I'd share like 5 billion euros.
0: But yeah, I'm going to move on in real quick, but just wanted to say uh, thanks to all the kind words. People did actually reach out to me in my DMs asking me if I was okay after all of this. Banker, you're very, very sweet, but uh, no, don't worry, I'm fine, or anything like that. I'm strange. This should be
2: celebrated. We can throw down the red flags.
0: Look, look. <laughs> from a personal standpoint, as a f- guy that was born into a Ferrari fandom house, a guy, as a guy, that's first, you know, real hero in sport was Michael Schumacher. I wanted this to be the dream more than anything else in the world. I thought, well, this is it, boys. This, this is it if he wins a title for Ferrari I'm gonna be the happiest fan in the world and it ended up becoming the nightmare and that when we didn't touch on it
2: too much but you know as it came out after the fact that when I started to say when the team that Vettel was sold is not what was there when he arrived mm. Vettel is a driver who thrives when he can mold the team around himself yeah he wants to go into the team and have it fit like a pair of old leather basketball shoes
0: Unfortunately he, he, unfortunately he got a pair of Jordan once
2: yeah he got a <laughs> pair of uh, Crocs that were two sizes too small and ripping his pinky toe off
0: yeah like unfortunately
3: unfortunately very few teams can offer that to any driver
2: yeah which you know we saw what he had at Red Bull where he had that and he was did pretty well for himself that has
1: to be said yeah. Does that mean that Sebastian Vettel is a failure because he couldn't win a title at Red Bull? Absolutely not. He has the third most wins of anybody in the history. He's one of a small handful of four-time champions. To people who say that, I raise you
2: this. Ferrari has had in the post-Jean Todd-Ross Braun era. Fernando Alonso, Felipe Massa, before the head injury, Kimi Raikkonen, and Sebastian Vettel. After Braun and Todd left, how many titles do they have? Just the one for Kenny Oh no, because the, the, they still had the old regime uh, in charge at that point.
1: Then in that case, none this last decade. No.
3: But but it is it is insane to think that they've been at the front, but not not winning any championships. It's I, like King. how how King. many drivers runners up do they have? Four, five.
0: If you include Felipe Massa in 08. Look, this has been look. Tony Dezino summed it up better than I ever could on Twitter. They have had 11 straight years of Fernando Alonso and Sebastian Vettel in their... The luxury of having the second and third best driver since Michael in this era. And they haven't got a damn thing to claim for it. Not there to mention,
2: go. Raikkonen, who was phenomenal at Lotus, came into Ferrari thinking, okay, this is the next big step for Raikkonen to get back to the front consistently and he did nothing for multiple years hating the car every year
0: how do you have 11 straight years of Alonso and, and vettel in your team and nothing to show for it when you've had 25 wins in that camp between them in those 11 seasons and yet we nothing
2: say, well dry, they they crumbled under the pressure to which i say no shit When you've got a turbulent team environment and people can't do what they want to do and they can't bring the team in their direction, they're not going to be able to do the things that they'd regularly be able to do. That is why the Schumacher, Todd, Braun, and Rory Byrne era was so dominant. They sealed themselves together. They shut the the outside politics of Ferrari
3: out. They said, if one of
2: us goes, we all go.
3: Also, I just fact-checked Dre... Uh, within the past decade between Alonso and Vettel uh they finished second in the drivers championship five times if you include Felipe in six
2: <laughs> good Christ. Lord. and Vettel in 20 in uh, 2015 was only eliminated from the championship at the same race as Rosberg <laughs> which is kind of crazy looking back at the yeah. mighty WO6
0: that's the point. He was the only man. He's the only man who's beaten a Mercedes in this era. He's the only man that was to that that, that gave that that, you know, that gave Mercedes any sort of consistent trouble in this hybrid era. Gone. Ferrari. Uh, uh, Ferrari better be very careful in how they go about themselves. I mean, don't get me wrong. If they're gonna go for a rebuild, now absolutely is the time. But. You basically booted Sebastian Vettel out of your team to make this happen. You'd better get this right.
2: We'll look back to, uh, I think we said it on the show during Russia last year. I think I remember if it was Russia or um, after Charles' first win. When everyone started clamoring for basically Ferrari to toss Vettel aside and focus 100% on Leclerc. Mm. You guys got your wish, but be careful what you wish for.
3: Yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be less of a matter of Ferrari getting better and more of Mercedes needing to fall apart. Like, I'm surprised it hasn't happened great. with Mercedes already, where it, like, happens with all the great dynasties, where eventually, well, that's out- that's-
2: you get how Mercedes is such
1: an
3: outlier. They yeah, just
1: good keep... luck getting that to happen.
2: Yeah, Ferrari peaks and troughs all the time. Mercedes is just relentless.
3: Yeah, because, like, pretty much in F1, you kind of, have to require on like hey uh, this you know you know mid level technical staff member that's really talented and help provide a lot of value to the team wants to get paid more and he goes to another team to move upward. Good lord. But I don't know how Mercedes is not doing this.
2: Yeah uh, Patrick be shutting Adrian Newey out of Williams anyone? <laughs> that certainly aged well.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, from a personal standpoint, I'm gutted, but I, I I can sleep at night knowing that Vettel wasn't the reason this didn't work out. I can say that with my hand on my heart, and with the little pride I have left as a Vettel-supporting Ferrari fan, that... Whatever happens, he was not the reason this team fell apart. Sebastian Uh, was
2: Sebastian was sold a team that he could mold around himself, and instead he was quite literally told to shut up and drive. Not much more to say than that.
0: And that will be hopefully the everlasting message that like I mean, if anything I do actually understand that the majority of fans on Twitter and the internet I've seen on this generally looked sympathetically towards Sebastian. Oh yeah, um, even people yeah.
2: within the industry. Sky Sports had a uh, video conference call, I think, uh, I think two days ago. Yeah, and, yeah. and Jensen, but Jensen uh, said it like, if they let him go, Ferrari are insane. Yeah, yeah. Right. Brundle, Brundle supported it as well because you know what? If by some Cataclysmic occurrence that this year's Ferrari is in the title fight. You think Vettel's gonna listen to team orders worth a damn? No, of course not.
0: Yeah, he has no reason to, but yeah, yeah, we'll wrap this up here. But uh, this, hopefully, we'll, we'll know the greater impact in a couple of years' time on this one for sure. But uh, a Way very very book,
2: in- Sebastian.
0: <laughs> oh, I would read that in a fucking heartbeat, I tell you. Right. After after this quick music break, we'll be back to handle the rest of the news. NASCAR's back. MotoGP City season news. Sports car racing in kind of some tre- in some jeopardy here. And Ferrari to IndyCar? Not as far-fetched as you might think. More that and more after this break. ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to NASCAR!
1: Oh my god, we actually got real life racing. Meat Space Racing is back.
3: They did it. They actually did it. And in fact, they're gonna
2: be doing it, because, um, I think like...
1: Well, they were gonna be doing it today, but that got rained out.
2: No, no, no. Uh,
3: last night's race got rained out. I was gonna say,
2: I know they were delayed, uh, the Xfinity race point is NASCAR's back and in true nascar fashion they crashed after one corner <laughs> and it was ricky stenhouse jr
1: <laughs> some things never change like i know that this is done probably at the advice the, against the advisement of anybody with any common sense but this is for nascar a big deal because this past weekend they were the only american sporting event of any significance on with all of the big four all the big college sports all the other racing leagues shut down they whoa, gathered
3: whoa, whoa the pga tour was back rj pga tour is back uh, well, they didn't have a full event. They had a they had a charity event with four
0: golfers.
1: Did they have a they bunch won. of cows on the golf course?
0: No. <laughs> very disappointing. Not real golf. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Shout out to Rory. Oh, oh, hey. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, you meant the other Rory. <laughs> uh, but, uh...
1: I mean, the race yeah.
2: was... The race was pretty good. It's Darlington.
1: The race at Darlington was very good. And this was... And... People have already drawn parallels to the race that kind of sparked the big NASCAR boom. That was the 1979 Daytona 500, where most people didn't have anywhere to go because of a massive blizzard that swept through most of the East Coast. That brought a lot of people's attention to that race, and it's kind of a similar scenario here. Like, okay, yes, there were a lot of... I hate to use this word, but cringe-worthy moments in the build-up to this race that just seems so exploitative. (sighs) America!
3: I I think we, we have to start just the National Anthem. The National
1: Anthem. The National Anthem. I didn't see this.
3: They had Darius Rucker sing the National Anthem remotely and it was clearly through zoom because he had a zoom background of a waving american flag and oh, for they, the love of god and and they they blasted him singing the national anthem over the track PA system.
1: Uh, to the to the amusement of all none of the fans in attendance because after all this is a closed door race Pretty much every personnel had had their protective face masks on, which is (laughs) about what was expected. So against most of people's well wishes, NASCAR said, decided we're going to have this race. And to their credit, I don't entirely agree with the decision to go ahead and go racing at this time. um, It turned out, Cam, as you said, to be a pretty entertaining race and kind of a milestone for its winner, Kevin Harvick who, let's not forget, his first win came weeks after the passing of Dale Earnhardt Sr. in the 2001 Daytona 500, which yeah, he, directly led car. to him getting his, call, his ride. Yeah, he won in Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s former car. This yeah. was his 50th win this past weekend. It comes in the first race after the great stoppage of 2020.
3: Yep. And we won't get too far into the details of what happened in the race. Well, I was really frustrated because the Hendrick Motorsports cars were so dominant for for the first half of the race. Oh, my God. Including in his, in his 100th race without a win, Jimmy Johnson was leading the field. <laughs> Jimmy yeah.
2: Johnson was leading the race. Hendrick had a 1-2-4 at the time. They were yeah. very, very fast. Um with uh Johnson, William Byron and we have to talk about Alex Bowman.
1: Talk oh. about Alex Bowman. <laughs> Alex Hendrick Bowman. is
2: back. Hendrick, this this new Camaro has done the trick. They are very very quick. Unfortunately, no amount of car improvements is going to matter when you have a senior moment going through lap traffic, run someone over and destroy your car one lap from the end of stage 1. Enter God, Jim oh. Johnson. It, Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy, no! It was a really dumb crash. And, like, I haven't been subscribed much to the whole Jimmy Johnson is washed narrative. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Are are you
0: saying saying that Jimmy Johnson might now be cooked?
2: (laughs) Um, Not necessarily in terms of speed. He certainly had the speed. But I equate it almost to Elio in uh, Sports Cars, where they just make a silly mistake that ruins their race, and you're just like, how have you done that? Just a lapse of concentration.
0: Yeah. Me, me as a Sebastian Vettel fan all through 2019. <laughs> oh.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, Hendrick, team that, the most successful team in the sport that have fallen on hard times, looks to be back... Uh, we saw great performances from young guys like John Hunter Nemechek and Tyler Reddick. Matt Kenseth got a top ten finish on his t- on his return to the sport.
2: <laughs> that's crazy.
1: Um, Kyle and, Larson coming to the line. Oh no, that's Kyle Larson. Who? F. Uh, I'm not not familiar. Um, yeah, he he never happened. For as much genuine like again i've said it before i'll say it again i don't agree with the decision to go back to racing this soon i i view this as like it was a good
3: race
2: but yo what that yeah, was a
3: good it was a good race nascar did the race as safely as they could yeah. and they were really transparent about how they made the race safe
1: and they benefited from it
3: and i think a lot of drivers were like oh like Specifically, Bubba Wallace is like people want us to fail. Like, no, no one wanted you guys to fail. It's it's that by returning to sport, you put out the wrong message that it's safe for everyone to go back to normal. Well, uh, a lot isn't. of people, a lot of people aren't going to take the same precautions that NASCAR is doing. A
1: lot of people don't take the same precautions. Hell, they will be proud to just throw caution to the wind. <laughs> yep, just so they, they could are. go get a table for four at Applebee's.
2: Oh, oh my man. God. But yeah, good race, but yo, what
1: the fuck? Yeah, congratulations, Kevin Harvick, on 50 wins. Um, and we'll have more of this because state governments will want this to happen. Dre, um, Formula One is not the only league having some silly season.
0: We have some more Silly Season. Um, I don't think we talked about it too much in in previous recordings, um, but to keep you guys caught up on the situation in the paddock, Suzuki have now basically locked up their team for 2021 going forward. Um, They announced Johan Mir will be kept alongside Alex Rins um, in their setup. So we now have the second fully confirmed team for 2021 um, alongside Yamaha, which we already know about now. There's two big silly season angles that are going down right now. One involves Valentino Rossi. I know he's shocked, and the yeah. other one involves Ducati. Which one do you want me to handle first?
1: Let's talk about Ducati. Let's yeah,
0: talk Ducati about first.
1: the the saga of Ducati and Darfi and Ollie Ooh, Bayless. This,
0: this this is this is a weird one here. Um, it's it's looking like. Dovi has has had some sort of potential, maybe falling out in that Jacati camp. Oh, maybe yeah. they're all just a little bit tired of each other in there. I don't know exactly what it is. It didn't help when Mikady Piro went to GP one and basically came out and said publicly that Dovi lacks self confidence. Um, basically thinking Pirro's he has been can't.
2: Uh, He's been saying quite a bit the last couple of days.
1: Cops be yeah. talking.
2: Yeah,
0: um, for a cop, he doesn't—he doesn't—he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't half leak, um, which I think is quite funny. Um, but yeah, he basically said that Dovey lacks self-confidence, and that he kind of implied that he maybe doesn't know how to beat Marquez anymore, um, which
2: him and uh, the rest of the sport.
0: Yeah, it, it wasn't. I looked at that and I was like, why would you say that publicly? Um, I I didn't understand the logic behind it. Um, I still don't understand the logic behind it. But there's. There's been rumblings for a couple of months now that Dovi would potentially look at moving away. It, it, also, in the same interview, Pirro admitted that Dovi was interested in the Honda seat that was open last year before they announced Alex Marquez had gotten that seat at the 11th hour after Lorenzo's, inverted commas, shock retirement. Close Can your boys.
1: Commas. King, your um. boys were in play for Andrea Vizioso. And then KTM shut that down.
0: Yeah, Pipiera came out earlier this week and said, we actually want to keep all four riders that we've got under contract right now. So I'm keeping score, that's Paula Spagaro and Brad Binder in the factory team, and Miguel Oliveira and Michael Aquona in the Tech 3 satellite team. So KTM have basically said, not really, we don't actually... Really want Dovi? Amazingly, um, yeah. You know, the, the the free time run the free time consecutive championship runner up um, is apparently not wanted in the KTM factory, which I think is crazy to suggest. But here we are. Um, and there's there's talk on both sides of that Ducati garage as well, because not only is Dovi's Do- Dovi potentially leaving Petrux. This one's come up an awful lot as well about Petrux's future, maybe as as early as late last season, where there was murmurs about potentially swapping him for Jack Miller. Um, right there, and then at Valencia, that didn't actually materialise, but that's never really gone away from Petrux, and the latest from GP1 was reporting that saying that they might shuffle him over to World Superbikes to form a dream team of him and Scott Redding... In, in Ducati's World Superbike. Era. I
1: swear that was a Grasini lineup a few years ago.
0: <laughs> it was it was a Pramac lineup two years ago. I was going to uh, say, what the fuck? That's either and, uh, that's not that's not like a Grasini
2: or, or a Pramac lineup. Not uh, only that, yeah, also but, um, Davizioso's manager confirmed that Ducati has not offered Davizioso a contract.
1: The Vettel no oh lord. They've still received no proposal from Ducati. The hottest free I'm, agent in motorcycle racing. Without a I doubt. I mean,
0: it could be interesting. I mean, normally we get city season deals wrapped up a lot earlier in these off-seasons, but of course, due to COVID-19, due to staff being furloughed and you know, cuts being made and hard decisions being made, I think it's... I, feel, I don't think we're going to get the other midfield moves locked in until later in the year. Probably when we do get racing again, which rumor has it will probably be the middle of July. Um, but we'll have to wait and see I mean Lewis again doubles down on what I was gonna say in my video um that's coming out later today G- Ducati looked at Fabio Maverick and Mir got nowhere they tried they 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 basically tried to get a second big name in that team since them since since the winter last year and have struck out three times over um, yeah so Ducati are it,
1: eating a lot of left swipes
0: yeah <laughs> uh, and it's 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 looking like they're not gonna get a super elite name on their bike next season. Like the the best rider on the table right now, I'd argue, is Frankie Morbidelli, and Morbid is looking like Morbidelli is gonna stay at SRT for for next season because SRT love the dude. Um, they but set it straight up. They're, they're,
1: what if their best option wasn't in MotoGP yet? Mm. There,
0: it was a rumor Started by Jorge Lorenzo's dad When he went on a podcast last week That apparently they're sniffing At Jorge Martin in Moto2 mm. Stunned silence From the crowd there in the background I love it I mean,
1: <laughs> I mean sure I guess Moto3 champion 2018 Look man's is good
0: it, it, It's funny though because and I think I'm gonna pull up a, a, a post that uh, the redacted made. It was a great piece from Simon Patterson about this. That they had SRT's team manager on it right now, but um, about like earlier this week. But they said straight up, it's hard to justify signing someone Animoto 2 right now because they're not racing, and they, they they want to scout these these intermediate class riders. There's no
2: data to scout.
0: Yeah, but they, they can't, and the, that, and I think that is part of the reason, and we'll segue to it in a minute. It's, I think it's part of the reason why I think SRT are not so down on potentially signing Valentino Rossi, because it's a safe pick. It's a safe pick when they were probably going to scout people in Moto2, but they can't do that right now because they're not racing. Um, yeah, I mean, this kind of, you know, rings
3: similar to earlier, we you're talking about Renault's situation where they have a driver program, but like
0: they don't know if they can call anyone up to Formula 1 for next year. It's a very similar deal at SRT, basically saying well look, if this was a normal season, we'd, we'd be keeping our tabs on Moto2 and guys, we, guys we're targeting and we'd go after them. But obviously they can't do that. SRT has given themselves a target to sign Fabio Quattararo's replacement by the end of August is what they're saying. We might have only had three, four races by then, because like I said, rumour has it MotoGP are coming back middle of July. Um, They're just waiting for government approval on that front. Um, But they're saying middle of July. So again... We might only have four or five races in the books. Maybe not even all that speculative either, given a couple of them might be at the same track for all we know. So there's even less data to go on of potentially signing someone from Moto2. This might be a record season for like no one coming up from Moto2 because it would be a gamble. It, it, it's it's a big punt to A, leave a re-signing this late into the season. We all saw the chaos of Johann Zarco. When he quit KTM at the end of last year, and the fact that they're not racing right now. So that adds it up. So all of a sudden, Jorge Martin is, 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 is throwing himself in the ring for a potential Ducati seat. That is like, I love Jorge Martin. His pace is incredible. That is a massive punt. Yeah, it, he is a phenomenal rider. But it's it is a punt. It is yeah. a punt on so many levels. And that's what worries me um, on, on that one. And it segues in quite nicely to um, SRT situation where everyone I think GP1 put out a report of, I think last weekend saying that Rossi going there alongside Morbidelli for 2021 is all but confirmed um, and again Patterson did a great did a, did a great interview um, with Razlan Rosali who's yeah, an SRT team principal used to run the Sepang International Circuit left that role to run the team full time um, this year. It was a, It's a great interview, I have to say. Um, a lot of in, very interesting bits of information regarding it, but uh, I'll read you a couple of pieces from it, because it's genuinely quite an interesting stuff. He um, said, but with 2020's much-adjusted calendar, playing havoc with rider market already, the team has ruled out the rookie option, and Rossi's hand is much stronger. Not that talks have started yet. Quote, who will be the replacement for Fabio? Of course the talk is that it'll be Valentino, but at the moment, nothing has come from him to us. Rosali tells the redacted. Before, it wasn't something that fitted with us because we sincerely believe in what we've done with Fabio. He may be a one-off wonder for the team or not, but we believe that developing young riders is the way forward for the team and the championship. If this had been the normal championship, then it would have all depended on how Rossi performed in the first half of the season and how the Moto2 riders were also eyeing had performed. By now, we'd have started talking to some of them, because after 8 races we'd know how the riders were performing. But it's been an unusual year, and to take a rookie into MotoGP without seeing them race is a huge risk. We can't take that risk. It's difficult to consider a rookie for next year. If we don't take a rookie, then the proposition of taking Valentino becomes very attractive. He knows the bike, he's very much experienced, there's a lot of positives that come with him. He's still a fit person, he rides a lot of the ranch etc. etc. Point is, is that the long story short, like all everyone and their mother is saying that Rossi's gonna go over there. It's seemingly a matter of when rather than if, because there's nowhere else for Rossi to go. The problem is is that well, Rossi's not actually spoken to anyone in SRT yet. Oh god. So, according to what uh, Razzlin says later on in the piece. Like there's there's been no official conversation between the two of them yet. Regarding negotiations. And he's also come down and said. Um, Valley if you do sign the dotted line. You're not taking your crew with you. Basically. Mm. Not, not
2: this time.
0: He's saying straight up. You might be able to. You know. You might be able to get one or two of you guys. To jump over. Guarantee him a get,
1: bike but nothing else.
2: Yeah you'll get your factory equipment. But you're not taking your, your factory team. With you
0: exactly they want they want to keep their own guys on the payroll and they're devoting more of their resources to Frankie Morbidelli, who will be leading their team going forward basically Um, he said again, the quote on on, on Frankie says, it's important for us to have some stability, and it's important for us to keep working with the rider we already have in Frankie, says Rosali he's young, he's the future of the team and we have to put a lot of emphasis on him, we don't want Valentino to come and disrupt our structure either though to come lock, stock and barrel from the factory team, we can only allow him to come with one or two guys he'll have to work with the rest of our structure beyond that, that's what we want but again, we haven't even started speaking to him yet, basically. So, basically, if the if Valentino is riding for Yamaha in SRT, he's going to have to play by their rules on this one, by the looks of it. So
2: he doesn't again, have the uh, he doesn't have the pull to make the decisions for the team.
0: And he's made it, and they've made it quite clear. Frankie's their guy going yeah. forward, which is big, given that that is the best independent team in the sport right now. They were brilliant with Fabio last They were last actively, year. they were
2: actively outperforming the factory.
0: Yeah, they like Fabio was better than Maverick Vinyardes pretty much the entire second half of last season, outside of maybe Philip Island, and that's about as far as it went. It it became pretty clear that on current form, Fabio's the number two guy in the sport right now. Maverick's still probably number three on that list um, between him and Alex Rins, but it's 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 getting more and more clear. It's those four. Uh, they're going to be probably the big four going forward in GP with maybe Dovi on the outside, depending on how Ducati performs. But the way it's going right now, there is no guarantees that Valentino Rossi ends up being an SRT next year. I mean, Yamaha's guaranteeing him a bike, of course. But the question is, what is he going to basically be riding for? What's the backing going to be? Cetera, well, and if it's not SRT.
2: He's already ruled out bringing his own team up to MotoGP, so who would he ride for?:
0: Somebody would back him on a sponsorship level. It's Valentino Rossi. Somebody would figure it out one way or another. I'm like.
1: just imagining now Rossi having his retirement tour in Aprilia <sighs> Nobody
2: ever this is that fallout this is that fallout meme. Everyone disliked that.
0: Yeah, Lewis points out the only thing I could see stopping Valentino going to Petronas is retiring but the way he was talking to Matt Burt last week on Instagram he doesn't want his career to finish off on a quarantine shortened season he wants to ride one more year at least he's going to be 42 years old
3: when yeah, next that season starts That is literally starts.
0: the opposite of
3: that every other retiring athlete has been doing <laughs>
0: Pretty
2: I want to get that 10th title
0: <laughs> and that might be his best shot at it because that SRT team has been fantastic so far since coming into the sport. They've genuinely done brilliant work with with Fabio Quattararo and Frankie Morbidelli, and I don't see any massive massive drop off after you know Frankie will be leading the team. I know Fabio was was brilliant last season, but Frankie was in the top five on a semi regular basis. He was in that five to six range where he we towards the end of last season. And if the team keeps getting better and Frankie keeps developing as a rider, I don't see why he won't be on the podium next year. Um, Which is
3: part of the reason why, like, they don't want to bring any of Rossi's crew over because
0: they have their own system in place and they see a life after Valentino. <laughs> yep. Some, well, somebody, well, somebody has to. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know who else is, but um, we'll have to wait and see how we go on that one. But those are the two big stories. There'll be more detail on that. In a video on Motorsport One Hundred and One, by the time this goes out, check it out when you get a chance. Sports cars,
1: Cam, <laughs> oh my God. Cam, buddy. Um,
2: L- it's uh, it's looking weird. D- Le Mans, Daytona.
1: <gasps> the H stands for the grunting noise that Tim Allen makes. Uh, officially, oh so we have regulations, but apparently uh the planned convergence might be pushed back a year thanks to corona from what i understand yeah that's
2: the prevailing rumor at the moment um we got the draft technical regulations laying out how much power they should be making how heavy they should be what the aero regulations will entail all that good stuff looks good and it was interested um porsche have officially got started a research program into it boys my boys and um nice. that's going on mazda seems very excited it's just a very good atmosphere around these regulations the only worry for me is that general motors um their response to these regulations was very general motors cold and corporate yeah very uh, yeah. very much thank, general thank motors. you thank you for sending us these regulations
3: basically Oh, man, which sucks because they're they're a large pillar of the DPIs right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, th- that would be like... It's like when the 962 eventually fell out of favor with IMSA. Suddenly, no one had customer cars to buy that they could go out and win with. Please don't leave, Cadillac. Please. Please don't leave.
1: Yeah, other General Motors and Porsche pertinent news uh, is that Corvette Racing will not be at Le Mans and neither will... The Porsche GT team operated in North America. So that basically cuts down half of the factory GT programs that are going to be at Le Mans. Assuming, of course, we have a 24 hours of Le Mans automobile endurance race.
2: Yeah, because um, with the current world situation... And the fact that IMSA is going to have a schedule clash with Le Mans with their mid-Ohio round falling, I think, only a week after the
1: fact. Uh, um,
2: Expect more teams to drop out of
1: Le Mans. It's a bad situation. Yeah, it's looking bad. I would be surprised if they have the race at all. Like,
2: Yeah, and regarding the whole uh, delaying convergence thing, they need this.
1: They, they need, need this Convergence
2: as fast as possible because, uh...
1: Toyota TSO50 is not being dragged out for yet another retirement year. Yeah, where uh, instead of pianos, they'll just
2: start strapping cinder blocks to every aerodynamic surface.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, on the other hand, uh, they are going to have a virtual Le Mans series race that's just LMP2s and GTEs, which is... That might be the future if we don't get a stopgap. Woo, I
2: guess. There's also the small matter of, because of uh, more schedule classes, classes, schedule clashes, I speak good, Yeah. the six hours of Watkins Glen will clash with the Indianapolis eight
1: hours. They're going to fall on the same weekend in October. Which is also the same weekend of the Harvest Grand Prix at Indianapolis.
3: Yes. What What is Penske gonna do?
1: Pensky can be everywhere because he is Pensky. They're gonna start a human cloning
2: program because
1: they have that kind of pull.
2: <laughs> you pour in blood, sweat, and tears, and then you clone Roger Pensky, <laughs> and
3: then you clone Alexander Rossi. <laughs>
1: oh my god! <laughs> oh man! So interesting I... <laughs> times on that front. The king. Yes. King, uh, you know that third manufacturer that IndyCar has always been hyping up for a while?
3: Oh my god, is Alpha finally showing up, man? I've been waiting forever for this. Uh, King, do you it remember how that
2: went the last time? Not good. I'm
3: sure Ferrari does too. Funny oh. you mentioned Ferrari. <laughs>
1: uh, because Formula One's getting a budget cap uh, soon, and one of the knock on effects is that some of these larger teams will have to start making some cuts. But they don't want to just completely lay off their people. They might want to assign them to other projects. So apparently Ferrari's interested in coming to IndyCar again. Oh, man.
2: (laughs) I love it.
0: I find it amazing. It's like, okay, we don't want to cut staff. What do we do? Um, Let's spend more money on more development. I love it. It's no, because they were going right. to
2: have uh, to... They were going to spend this money anyways without the budget cap. So you might yeah, as well so put they're, it to they're good taking, use.
3: Yeah, they're taking the money they're no longer allowed to spend... And spending it on something else. As you Fer- spend it on something.
1: <laughs> as Ferrari, we feel strong responsibility towards our employees, and we are concerned about their future, said Mattia Benato, which is why we are also looking into at other alternatives besides Formula One, such as IndyCar, for example, and we will try to make the best choice in addition to F1, which is part of our history.
3: Okay, okay. Well, let's let's take a step back here. If, if they're willing... To enter a series When when they do uh, Ferrari will have to Run a purchase chassis With a standard Hybrid system
2: But they don't want to do That's kind of the, no, kind of the no. sticking point here That's
3: what IndyCar is going to be When they show up
2: Yes but Ferrari is like we don't want to run a standard chassis <laughs> Which well, that's, you It's of built It kind of goes against the whole you know IndyCar ethos
3: yeah, Ro- Roger an anyway. ain't gonna bend the rules for you.
2: <laughs> Roger's only gonna bend the rules for one man, and that's Roger.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Stonks.
1: And I don't even think he's gonna bend the rules for himself that much. Uh, so if Ferrari the doesn't go to MD,
2: has entered the chat.
1: If Ferrari doesn't yeah. go to MD car, uh, what else do they do? If not, well, lay off a bunch of people.
3: Yeah, like I, I'm. I see Ferrari entering LMDH way before they enter in. Yeah,
2: but here's the other problem: is that they also said, "Well, we don't want to run one of the mandated four chassis in LMDH. We want to build our own."
1: Again, Which, I've again got an Itali- you've got an Italian chassis maker. You can you can make your own body style around it. It's fine.
3: This this feels like. A, a dumb Ferrari guilt trip to try to guilt the other teams to not lowering the, the cost cap. Please, yeah. make it, us
0: spend more money. We don't have to cut staff or rearrange anybody. Look, that Dallara,
2: <laughs> look, that Dallara LMP2 is a hell of a car when you LS swap it.
0: <laughs> Honestly, if Mateo Benotto was running, like, the movie Brewster's Millions, the movie would be over in 15 minutes. Like, that, that's what this feels like to me right now. That's like
1: a quibby length movie that nobody
2: would watch. <laughs> so quibby, It exists. Anyways. It is a thing. Yeah, it, it feels like Ferrari's trying to guilt-trip F1 into not implementing the cost cap.
3: Yeah, because, like... No series is gonna give Ferrari the, the concessions they want. It's not the nineties anymore. Yeah, what it's... they want
2: is what they want basically is Lama hypercar rules. The problem is that uh well I think Toyota's gonna run the field over in the hypercar side of things.
3: Yeah. It's oh
2: man.
1: If we don't get Ferrari to IndyCar this time, we'll always have that sweet Ferrari IndyCar concept from 86. We'll always have the
2: 375 Indianapolis. It sucked.
0: And to be fair, if if we're talking about Ferrari having to rearrange people, it wouldn't be the first person they've cut in the last week. I was
2: waiting for the tea, and I was not disappointed.
0: (laughs) And on that note, we're getting out of here. (laughs) I've been Andre Harrison. Places you can find us real quick, motorsport101.com. Um, it's our website again if you want to see the Vettel piece I wrote it's up on there youtube.com forward slash motorsport 101 Uh, again a bunch of new videos on there do check it out when you get a chance we're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport 101 we're on twitter at motorsport underscore 101 our handles at Harrison101HD at Buckley 917 um, at RJ O'Connell and at Ryan Eric King and if you really really like us you can back us financially on Patreon uh, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101 um, $5 gets you early access to all of our episodes before they go out to the public $10 gets you in the supporters club of our Discord server where you can listen to these shows live as they go out shout out to Black and Mar Tony's here shout out to Charles, to Vince to Oliver to Toki and Vic for sticking with us all the way through um guys that joined us halfway through he had a massive turnout at the start of the show so again patreon.com forward slash on 101 for that um i cannot guarantee any dry porridge will be involved on that page <laughs> we'll be back to record another episode real soon look out for our watch party on talladega nights that will probably be out early june keep an eye out for that in the interim but until then, unless there's another big news story that kicks that can down the road. <laughs> no,
4: <laughs> no, We're meant, to, no, we're meant no. to
0: record this on May 27th. There is no guarantee we actually do the running rate this is going on. So, hey, good luck. In the meantime, I've been Andre Harrison. They've been Cam Buckley, Shay O'Connell and Ryan Eric King. I've been Andre Harrison. Thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you guys next time. Sayonara.
1: Don't order pizza from Utah, y'all
2: why <laughs> <Bye. laughs>